This is episode eighty-eight. It's called Seizure Plan, Sugar Shows, and Sherry Christmas. Welcome to episode eighty-eight. It's called Seizure Plan, Sugar Shows, and Sherry Christmas. It seems we're doing another mishmash episode because I have a little to say. About a lot of things, and then we do have some bigger topics coming up, but they're too big, you know. I like they're overwhelming to talk about the big things. So I'm going to talk about three little things, but there's nothing wrong with little things. That's what he said. Hey everyone, it's a very bright life. It sure is. Your life is so bright. I gotta wear shades. We are so happy that you're here with us. Let's do this thing. Right off the bat, I would like to begin on a tone of gratitude because I have a lot of gratitude for you for for the listeners who tune into this podcast because I know I think there are approximately eighty nine billion podcasts. I just made that number up, but it feels like there's that many. So the fact that you take the time to spend twenty or thirty minutes twice a month to join us and listen to this rambling nonsense. Um, it doesn't go unnoticed, so thank you very much for that. Secondly, today's podcast episode is comprised of three topics, and they all begin with S because alliteration is what we do. <laughs> I don't know why. The first topic is about seizure action plans, and the reason why this topic came up right about now is because. Last week, I was a guest on my friend Kathy Buckworth's podcast called Go To Grandma, and she had me on to talk about how grandparents can safely and confidently look after grandkids who have epilepsy. And so one of the points that I made on that episode was that you need to, mm, mm, what? What was that? Oh my God. Side note, our house is so freaking dry. The weather has been very cold suddenly. And I feel like I'm turning into dust before before your very eyes, <clears throat> including my throat. I just finagled with, <laughs> that's not the word, finagled, finagled with the thermostat and tried to turn up the humidity. So probably I'm going to be in sonic conditions very soon. Anyway, just explaining my scratchy voice. Um, yeah, so when I was doing Kathy's podcast episode on taking care of grandkids with epilepsy, I was like, you know, Lisa, you should probably take your own advice and update your daughter's seizure action plan because I don't think it's even been looked at for, oh God, probably five years. And things have changed in five years. And on that note, coming up in uh, in the next few weeks, Avery is having this little minor procedure done at Sick Kids Hospital. And it relates to one of those bigger topics I was alluding to before, something that I think is worth sharing as long as I can do it in a respectful way that maintains Avery's privacy. But I believe I know how to do that. But I can say she's having an IUD installed. I don't think doctors say installed, but you know what I'm saying. And she's having it done for a number of reasons. But the problem with it is when you have epilepsy and you are on anti-seizure medication, the IUD contains a hormone called progestin, 
which is not progesterone. Progesterone is actually very protective when it comes to women in seizures, but progestin is a synthetic form of progesterone, and it has been known to trigger seizures in people who have maybe not had them for a long time. So we've been advised to keep a very close eye on her for the next little while just to make sure that this isn't the case for her. So I was like, okay, so now would be a really great time to update a seizure action plan. And I did that. And then when I did that, I was like, God, this thing is ugly. And it had information. It was just like a template that I got from somewhere and it was ugly. I didn't enjoy the colors. I didn't like the layout and it was missing some information that I wanted to include. So as I say, if it's not in existence, then just create it yourself. So I went into Canva and created our own personalized seizure action plan for Avery. And then I thought, if I enjoy this layout, perhaps other families would like it too. So if you want one of your own, I've put the link on our website so you can click it and then it'll take you to Canva and you don't have to have a paid prescription, no, subscription to Canva to use it. You click it, it'll take you, you make a copy and then you can modify it in any way that you would like. You can change obviously the information and, um, and then, you know, fiddle around with it until you're happy with it. And it's also probably something that people with other medical complexities like uh, diabetes or or whatever, you could use the same kind of template and edit it to to meet your needs. And then you can print them off, print off a couple. I was thinking I would even get a couple of them laminated because I really enjoy a laminated anything. You could even just send it to your caregiver um, as a PDF, or you could take a picture of it and then text it to them so they have it on their phone when they're caring for your child. Just something like that. Because in an emergency, I can tell you, cool heads don't always prevail. And I'm pointing at myself. I'm pointing at my hot head. And so being able to just grab a piece of paper that says what to do during that emergency or what kind of medications to administer and how to administer them and who to call and how much does this child weigh and what medications are they currently taking and so forth and so on. So it's a great peace of mind to have. And you should always even have one at your own house on your own fridge, just in cases. So... So yeah, so that was uh, topic number one. Let me scroll through my notes to get to topic number two. Oh yeah, this is where we are now. This is called Sugar Shows. And I've talked about this in recent episodes where we've tried to explain to Avery that there's different kinds of entertainment. There's candy shows, which would be like those YouTube families like Ninja Kids and stuff that really is just pure entertainment. And then there's carrot shows, which is a bit nutritious for your brain, so you're going to learn something. So I'm not saying that kids can't watch candy shows, but you need to balance the candy with the carrots. Am I right? So first of all, I should just tell you that we are the family that got rid of cable television in like, when was Sebastian born? Like 2003. One day I was like, I am hopelessly addicted to reality TV. I was I was in deep with all the all the trashy shows like America's Next Top Model and just all of the ones, you know? So we got rid of cable, but then shortly after that Netflix came out and then there was like all the stuff on the internet. So I just I'm right back where I started. I don't know, actually I think I might even be worse than I was before. Um the other day my husband was like, Do you wanna watch 
and he named some boring show that I had no interest in. And I said, oh, you know what? I just want to finish off the documentary that I'm watching. And he's like, oh, okay. He looked very impressed. So off he went to the basement to watch whatever nerd show he was watching. I'm not judging, totally judging. And uh, he comes upstairs to get something and he looks and he's like, what are you doing? He goes, that's not a documentary. That's the Kardashians. (laughs) I said, it is a biopic. It's about their lives. It's a documentary in my book. So yeah, I'm not proud of that, but uh, it is what it is. It's, um, it's fluff. It's fluff entertainment that takes you out of your reality just temporarily. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As long as candy shows or fluff shows or sugar shows or whatever you want to call them are consumed moderately, says I, who just ate a literal handful of tiny shortbread cookies. <laughs> you know those two bite brownies? I shouldn't even tell you this. You're not going to like me. You know those two bite brownies that you can get at Costco? Well, they also now have two bite white chocolate cranberry shortbread cookies. So good luck with that. I put them in the freezer so that I could just take out one every day for Avery's lunch because I'm not going to eat them if they're, if they're frozen. Well, of course I'm going to eat them if they're frozen. They're freaking delightful frozen. Um, Yeah. Speaking of candy shows, I'm not proud of this at all, but I'm going to admit to you now that I introduced Avery to her first adult reality show. And the reason why I did this was because I wanted to sit on my butt and drink tea and watch a show in the evening and Avery wasn't ready for bed, like she wasn't tired and she wanted to watch something and I did not want to watch Fuller House, okay? I put my needs first and so I found this show, it's called Love in the Wild and as far as adult reality shows go, it's pretty good. It's not, I mean, so okay, so it's not bad. It's moderately fine. <laughs> and it was appropriate because it's not like Love Island or something where there's there's no there's no dating naked scenes or there's no major drama or terrible language or anything like that. It's mostly focused on these challenges, these athletic challenges in the jungles of Costa Rica, which is kind of exciting. So the premise of this show, which was filmed, by the way, in 2013, and it didn't come to Netflix until 2023. So that's a bit of a delay. What happened there? I don't know. What I also know from Googling is that yes, there is a season two coming because Avery wanted to know. It's coming soon and the host will be Jenny McCarthy. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. We'll have to see. Um, And I'm not giving anything away, no spoiler alerts or anything, but the two couples who end up at the in the season finale, uh, turns out both couples got married and are still married 10 years later and have families. They've got kids. So clearly they're onto something with this show. So the premise is that there are six young women and six young men who are coming to Costa Rica to find love in the wild, in the jungle, because they couldn't find love in the suburbs, in the concrete jungle, as they say. So they have to compete, they pair them up, and then they have to compete in all of these challenges in crocodile-infested waters, and they have to climb a volcano and do all, the, do all these exciting things with the thought that if you can partner in such a way that you can manage through these challenges and the stress of these challenges um, and come out successful, then you maybe have the foundation for a strong relationship. So, okay, I'm not saying that watching reality shows with my child is like great, but this is like 
the least of the worst, but it definitely still falls under the category of sugar show. So what are you going to do? But it's better than me having to be subjected to an hour and a half of Fuller House or some kind of YouTube family doing ridiculous hide-and-go-seek challenges or whatever. No, thank you. But not beating myself up too much. I think that we, and I'm including everybody here, everyone who's raising an atypical or a complex kiddo, that we sometimes maybe let our kids watch too much TV or play on the iPad for too long. And I'm not saying that some downtime consuming shows isn't okay, but it totally is. There's there's a time and a place though. But dot, 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 uh, we as caregivers, we're tired and we are on all the time. And so I think sometimes our natural default is to just say, okay, five more minutes, which often leads to 55 more minutes and so on. But it happens. And the other thing too that concerns me is that Avery, as she's hunched over her iPad or hunched over her computer, as I am now, I look, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a letter C, I'm a C shape. Um, it's not good for her spinal health. It's not good for any of us. In fact, I was at my physiotherapist the other day and she was telling me about how there is this epidemic of young people coming in with neck problems and shoulder problems and their heads protruding so far forward from this constant state of hunch. So it's a problem. It's a problem for everybody. So we're trying to figure out how to support Avery developmentally, but also spinally. Because it may seem benign, just, you know, chilling, all kind of like hunched over, relaxing and everything. And it is comfortable, I'm not going to lie. But it has long lasting implications for our for our spines and for our breathing and just our overall health. So it's it's not good. So we're trying to work through that. I don't know. I have no answers. But the one thing that we are trying to do to support her in terms of sugar shows and stuff is, um, you know, it's all well and good to tell somebody to watch a carrot show, but then they're like, what what shows? So I put together a little list of some of the bio, like legit documentaries, not Kardashians, um, biographies and um, some sort of inspo kind of shows that Avery and I have watched together. Like the movies will usually break into four parts because then we can kind of watch, you know, 25 minutes or something after dinner kind of thing. And so we just watched um, Nyad, which is the story, the true story of the woman who swam from Cuba to Florida. Amazing. And oh my gosh, Jodie Foster is absolutely ripped. You have to see the bod on her. She looks amazing. And um, what else did we watch? We watched, um, oh, I forget the title of it now. King, oh, what the feathers? I can't remember. It's um, Will Smith, blech, uh, but he was excellent. It's the story of the Williams sisters and how they became the tennis stars that they are. Really good. And then we watched the one about the two sisters who were swimmers who came over from I can't remember now. Anyway, I've got them all written down for you to have a look at. So watch those. And then there's a whole list of educational shows that are also enjoyable. So head over to the Very Bright Life website and there's a, a post that has just a dot dot list of all those kinds of shows. So help yourself. And on to number three, speaking of being a better influence, this leads to the final topic, which is Christmas. 
Sherry Christmas. You know how you drive around and you see all those signs that say, keep the Christ in Christmas? I understand the intended meaning, but the way I hear it in my head is more, it's less, it's less Merry Christmas and more, oh Christ, Christmas, <laughs> it's back. Didn't we just have Christmas? Like it's here again. I'm not ready. I'm never ready. In the past couple of years, Christmas has felt less joyful and more stressful. And that's not what the holidays are supposed to be about you know? And so I've been giving it a lot of thought. Last year during COVID and beyond, I know they say you can't buy, you can't buy love, but you can try. And uh, so I tried to buy happiness because during COVID, it was just such a weird, dark time. I just wanted to make everybody happy. And so Amazon came to my house a lot. And Christmas was was great. I have no, I have no complaints. I feel very hashtag blessed, all that stuff. But it did make me really question how I could be a better influence and how when our kids seeing us doing good, they value doing good things and and being more charitable. And so last year after that Christmas of overindulging, um, I vowed that we would be doing this year, Christmas 2023, no gift miss. I even proclaimed it in a podcast episode that we did uh, last year. In January or something. So yeah, that vow is preserved on the airwaves or whatever waves podcasts air on. I'm not sure unless I go back and delete it, which is very tempting because I'm finding this very challenging to stick to. But I am still feeling this way because I think we've all collectively dug ourselves into this hole so deep, this hole of of needing to spend and to buy stuff and, you know, Black Friday's coming up this week, and I feel this sense of urgency, like I have to quickly, I have to get all the deals. And I think that I just need to pump the brakes on that, and we have to dig ourselves out of this hole. And so for us, I think I think this is how we were trying to do that. And I'm not suggesting that you need to do any of this, but maybe you might consider it or some version of it in the future. But of course, whatever you choose to do, I support it. But here is what we are doing and why. So like I said, it was going to be called No Gift Miss. And I was trying to explain to Avery what No Gift Miss means for us. And she was listening very intently. And then she said, hmm, I don't like No Gift Miss. That sounds harsh. It is harsh. That's my word. I use that a lot. I love when your kids use your language and it's thrown back at you. Yeah, no gift miss is harsh. And so we talked about it and and, and it's a really tricky conversation to have, um, having that talk with your children about how so many families near us and families far away are are really suffering right now. And it's a hard conversation to have, especially for highly sensitive empath kiddos, because we never want to scare them or just make or we don't want to make them feel bad or feel guilty for having things so it's a balance between making them understand why sharing what we have is so important but at the same time making them feel safe and also not robbing them of the joy of the holiday season because they're kids and they deserve that so we had this full conversation about we were, we were actually putting up our christmas tree we haven't decorated it yet we're doing that this weekend but we put it up and, and avery was talking about how pretty it was and um 
we have an extra Christmas tree that we were thinking about donating. And uh, we were talking about, she's like, well, why would you do that? And I said, because there are some families who do not have a Christmas tree. And we'd had the whole conversation about food, food um, scarcity and what food banks are and why they exist and all of that. And about donating clothes and how we're in this Facebook group where we give away free things that we're not using and stuff like that. And she was super impressed and she agreed that it was important, but she said, yeah, we should share. Can we call it instead of no gift miss? Can we call it Merry Share Miss or are you ready for this? Sherry Christmas. <laughs> How can you tell? She is my child. I was so impressed. Um, so this is what we're doing at our house. We're doing Sherry Christmas. And the intent is good, I think. The execution, not as easy as I thought. I've already accidentally bought a few things because it's like a reflex, you know, like, mm. so here's what, here's what we're doing. If you want to participate in, in Sherry Christmas, you can as well. So here's how it's going to go down. Um, we have two baskets. We have a food bank basket and a toys for tots and teens basket. Now for the food basket, every time we go shopping, grocery shopping, we buy a few items for the basket. And I do realize that donating cash or um, online financial donation to a food bank is more economical and they could get more bang for their buck out of that. So we are going to do that as well, but it's more tangible. It's more relatable for Avery to see a basket of food and then be able to actually bring it and physically hand it over, you know? So we're doing that. And then the to the toys for tots and teens. Tots, easy to buy for. Teens, much more difficult. So we're going to focus on that. And then, so the money that we would have spent on each other, we're going to use that money to fund those two baskets. Now, of course, Santa is still going to bring one gift for each child, um, and that's going to be a, you know, a significant gift. And then the stockings will still be filled, but only with useful, purposeful items, no dollar store crap, no garbage. It'll be things like shampoo and socks and a new hairbrush and, and things like that. And the grandparents can each buy one gift for the kids. That is all. And we're not doing pet gifts. Usually we would buy gifts for the pets, and then the pets would also bestow gifts on everybody. <laughs> Very generous, these animals of ours. So we're not doing that. So no, there won't be a lot of things under the tree. Um, and I'm going to sound totally cliche by saying this, but when Avery's asked me what I would like for Christmas, I said, I just want time. And I want, I want you to sit at the table with me as a family, and I want you to play board games with me. And I want to go to a show of some kind with a family, and I want to go for long walks, and I want to build a snowman and oh good lord I hear myself yes I hear myself but that's all I really want and I don't know I'm hoping that this will kind of give us the reset that we needed because it was getting a bit much that hole was getting deep so yeah that's Sherry Christmas so I don't know what are your thoughts have you ever done something like that before I think it's needed and I don't think that I'm the only person feeling this way it's it feels gross to be making these big lists of I wants when there are people close to us in our neighborhood who are struggling to pay their bills and to buy food. 
I went out the other day and I went to buy some tomatoes and it was $8, $8 for a tiny thing of tomatoes. And I was like, how are people, how are people surviving? It's, it's frightening. I don't think I've ever felt like this before, but it's not to say that you can't exchange gifts with each other and, and still make a difference and help others. I'm just saying that we're trying to reel it back a bit over here and I want to be a better influence. So when my, my kids see that we're placing value on helping others over helping ourselves to stuff, I think it, I don't know, it just feels very timely and the right thing to do for our family right now. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm not promising anything. Like I said, Black Friday is <laughs> looming. And I have a bunch of things in my Amazon cart that I currently want. I'm trying to decide if I want them or I need them. I think that will be my lit, my litmus test. Lit, lit, litmus. Lit, oh, I can't say that word. Litmus test. Litmus. Wow. Okay. That's a great place to stop this episode for today. Hey, if you have any suggestions for any good carrot shows, I'd love it if you came over onto Instagram and, and added to a list or something over there. That'd be great because I need some more. And if you've ever considered doing a Sherry Christmas situation or if you've done one before, I'd love to hear about that as well. And also, don't forget to pop over and grab a, a copy of the template for the seizure action plan or the medical action plan. The SAP or the MAP, they're yours for the taking. My gift to you. So, Sherry Christmas. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Bye. What do you call a reindeer ghost? A Kara Boo. I nailed it. You did nail it. Thanks for listening. Your support means so much to us. So thank you for sharing the podcast and for cheering us on. It is amazing to see this bright, beautiful community growing in this way. If you have a question, an episode suggestion, or you just want to say hello, we would love to hear from you. So reach out on Instagram or send us an email. Or you can show off your techie prowess by leaving us an audio message by clicking the message button on the Spotify for Podcasters homepage. That link is in the show notes and on the podcast page on the Very Bright Life website. If you liked what you heard today, please consider leaving us a review. More positive comments and five-star reviews nudge the algorithm to deliver this content to more ears. Thanks for listening, and we'll chat with you again soon.